Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Before the Downbeat, a musical podcast. That's right. We are back for another episode, episode eight of season two. And I am I am your ginger host, the man with the green twinkle in his eye, the kid who also played baseball horribly, Mackenzie. <laughs> and I am joined once again by the Canadian B. Arthur, the Lady of Muskoka, the John Adams of uh, Canadian theater, Autumn Smith. Uh, also the lesbian that plays baseball. So perfect. Fun fact, <laughs> fun fact about me. And um, I would love to say that I am great at it. Probably better um, than me. I don't know. I don't know. I try hard. I try hard. In fact, I threw my knee out playing. So, Woo, you know, you. I know. I know. I, 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 I go hard. It's great. I, I do love well, exactly. it. Exactly. Go hard or go home. I know. I miss it this year. Mm-hmm. Shout mm-hmm. out to my Peters players, ladies. Um, missing, the, missing the baseball. I wish Sarah were here. <laughs> Sarah is a brilliant play- baseball player. Like perfect, uh, it drives me nuts. I can believe that. I definitely can see Sarah rocking oh. rocking it on, on the baseball diamond. <sighs> Missed her calling. Could have done it for. She could. She's in a league of her own. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know that movie, ladies and gentlemen, go watch it now. Yeah. Tom Hanks, uh, Gina Davis, Rosie O'Donnell, Madonna, Rosie O'Donnell, Madonna. Yeah, we're in episode eight. What are we doing today? Welcome to Falsetto Land. We're doing falsetto. March, march, march of the falsettos. March, 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 march of the falsettos. March of the falsettos. Who is man enough to march to march of the falsettos? One foot following the other. Teach it to your brother, make him march. March, March of the Falsantos, March of the Falsantos. March. It's so good. March of it's the Falsantos. so good. It is good. I have loved this musical for an extremely long time. Like Love since it. it first came out. Yes. Long time. Well, I can tell you, I didn't know it very well. Like I had seen the PBS recording when it first came out yeah. on TV. With Christian And Paul I listened and- to it and I... Yeah, and I listened to the cast album maybe once. And after that, I was like, I was like, okay, that's that one. I ha- I have it in my canon. And then and then coming back to it for this, I found a new love and appreciation for this show. Yes. Yes. I, I, I do enjoy this piece of work. Mm-hmm. I would love to get Finn and Lapine to rework a little bit more of Act One. Uh, but <coughs> overall, it's a fantastic bit of theater. It is. It's great. I, I am all about falsettos. Yes. So, Lynn Autumn, why did you choose this musical? Um, you know what? I chose it because I love mm-hmm. it. I think, you know, it came out. Um, when did it first come out? It came. Well, well, it came out at, at the start of the nineties. Yeah. <coughs> it came out in nineteen in, in April nineteen ninety two. Yeah, it came out 
as, um, you know, it was a musical about AIDS and family and uh, different types of family. Mm -hmm. And as someone in 92 who was Mm -hmm. in this transition period of coming out of the closet, Mm -hmm. in fact, let's see, 1989, it was the year I came out of the closet. Ah, congratulations. Oh, fish like. Wow, I've been out for a really long time, guys. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. That made me feel really old. Um, (laughs) It was important and it spoke to me. It spoke to my experience. And there are so many different um, types of family that are explored Mm -hmm. in this. You have, you know, Wizard and Marvin, the gay couple. Then you have the lesbians from next door. (laughs) Door. Like, what are the chances that there are lesbians next door? Uh, Fuck of the draw. And like, they're just great. And one's a doctor, one's a uh, non-Jewish caterer. caterer. Uh, and um, then you have, you know, uh, Trina and uh, Dr. Melden. Mendel. Mendel, thank you. Mendel and Jason. And it's just you know, it's about family dynamics, about creating, um, it's creating modern families. And it's funny, Sarah and I have been watching Modern Family. It's my first time really watching this show. Yes. But it is, it's a, it's about um, otherness and exploring otherness and, and finding out how to deal with that in a familial way. Mm-hmm. It's great. It is a, it is a great I love this musical. I love it. I love the music in it. I think William Finn is an incredibly gifted musician, composer, and lyricist. I think I love his music. It's very, very good. All it's of very, his very music, good. Though, even outside of this, his music is really beautiful. Yes. So. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. But yeah, no, that's perfect. I love it. So for in case people who don't know what Falsettos is, Autumn, because it always does these short little runs on Broadway. It never yeah. like runs away with, 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 with runs. Like it always kind of comes for like 500 performances and then leaves. So what is Falsettos about? Oh, my Lanta. Well, I kind of just described it. I know. It's kind of like Modern we- Family, the musical. So Marvin and Trina are married. Uh, Marvin is in love with men. He meets Wizard. Uh, they start dating. Mar- uh, Marvin and Trina get separated. Uh, they want to send their son to a psychiatrist. Sh- Trina falls in love with a psychiatrist. They get married. New family unit. Mm-hmm. Um, they live next to lesbian <laughs> neighbors. And it's really about charting the relationships, each mm-hmm. uh, individual <laughs> relationship, but also the family as a whole during the AIDS, uh, when AIDS was First fairly new, fairly new. Yeah. I mean, AIDS, it had been around a while, but this was really the first time that anyone had written a musical about it. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, Rent wasn't around yet. Not uh, yet. Is, I think this is a far superior musical because it's simple. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, absolutely. Uh, uh, we'll talk about rent at some point, I'm sure. Um, yes. uh, but I, I 
I like the simplicity of this, and I think that's probably why it, it doesn't run on Broadway for extended mm-hmm. periods of time because it is a smaller musical. Yep. Um, <clears throat> but we get to we get to in Act Two, we get to watch Jason uh, preparing for his bar mitzvah. Yep. Um, so you get this um, you get this religious um, theme as well, uh, mm-hmm. and and. Wizard at the same time as dying of AIDS, yes. um, and it's um it's beautiful. The it end is beautiful. of this musical makes me cry every time. Yeah, every time it's like one. Uh, it's like Secret Garden for me. Yes, and Jason uh, and his stepdad Wizard like have this great relationship. Yes, and uh, it's funny. Jason has great relationships with both his stepdads, Doctor yeah. Mendel. Well, yeah. uh, um, uh, um, uh, um, a mandolin and um, yeah, and Just wizard. Psychiatrist, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Both, it sounds uh, complicated. Jason really connects with them. It sounds complicated, but it's simple it's in its not. complications. It's like, true. It is like it is like Modern Family in a way. It totally it is. Like they took the yeah Modern Family and based it from falsettos. Exactly. Well, you definitely can see some similarities. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. Yes. I yeah, I I love there's a lot of love in this piece. Mm-hmm. Like this piece is based on love and I think at that time there was so uh, like the gay movement, the gay and lesbian movement, the LGBTQ+ mm-hmm. movement has come so far in the last 20 to 30 years. That mm-hmm. this is great to revisit to remind us of where we have been, mm-hmm. and it's also a reminder of how far we still have to go to prove mm-hmm. that we are valid in this world. We're mm-hmm. in a time when you know America is threatening to pull um, transgendered people out of the military or to to ban same-sex marriage and this this piece is about love and it's about acceptance and it's unconditional like Mm -hmm. even uh, trina like comes to this this place of she does this wonderful place but we get to see her struggle and that's okay like yes the struggle is okay yes i I absolutely because you know people do struggle they do they definitely do especially when like it's a it's a situation like uh, trina and marvin where like they be married and now he decides or not decides but 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 he comes out and change and and decides to divorce her and, and 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 like move in with a man i mean that absolutely was, was is going to play with your head it may, and it may make you self doubt happened at that time no like, exactly people wanted this sense of normalcy to fit in in the world and they denied and they buried their true self yes and they they did it for years we are now on the precipice of the you know the lgbtq plus community being seen in, um, you know, media in my, when I first came out, that never would have happened. I was yelled at on the street, you know, 
it's it, it's changed it's shifting mm -hmm. is it shifting enough no there's still a, a lot of work to do but again we talked about the idea of you know people are afraid of what they don't know or what is beyond yes. their comprehension well you know what talk to someone try to comprehend it keep having the conversations mm -hmm. we're, we're all people that yes. it is it is that simple yeah you have to educate yourself you have to have conversations with people who you deem uh, uh, you know different than you mm -hmm. whatever that means whatever society has crammed into our heads that is this perceived normalcy bullshit yeah agreed <laughs> i love that i love that so just you know and uh i can't yeah like i'm willing to have a conversation with anybody mm -hmm. but they have to come with an open heart you can't come yes. judgy yes because i won't come judgy yeah we need we need we need more openness exactly agreed openness and willing to talk because like because like you may not always have to agree with with somebody but you can at least have an open dialogue conversation. Autumn, let's move into our production team because we have a new production team again. We do. I'm so excited about this one too. Yes. Um, so we have two. Perfect. We have two. Come on. Wow. Some of this is really long. I'll try to truncate it as we go along. Okay. So the piece was written, uh, composed, mm -hmm. and, and lyrics um, by William Allen Finn. He's composer mm -hmm. and lyricist, as I've just said. Mm -hmm. um, best known for, of course, falsettos, uh, A New Brain, which is a very interesting piece, we'll, which we'll have to talk about at some point, and the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. We're definitely going to talk about that one. Definitely. Uh, he was born in Boston, uh, and he was raised in a conservative Jewish home. Um, and for his bar mitzvah, he received a guitar and taught himself how to play. I thought that was a really great way to explore music. Love that. Um, he went on to attend Williams College in Williamstown as a music major. Uh, he went in as a guitar major, but then he transferred to piano. Uh, then he attended um, uh, Williams after another future prominent musical theater writer. Do you know who it is? No, who? Stephen Sondheim. Of, actually, you know what? I can totally see the correlation between Finn and Sondheim. Yeah. There well, are very good similarities between their music. <laughs> Well, they also know how to use humor. Yes, they do. Like very, that in this show. very tongue in cheek. I love it. Yes. Um, he writes um, in a fairly heavy autobiographical way. Mm -hmm. um, his topics basically include being gay and Jewish in a contemporary America. Yes. Um, and uh, he also focuses a lot on family, belonging, mm -hmm. sickness, mm -hmm. healing, mm -hmm. and loss. In fact, the Washington Post in 2006 called him the composer laureate of loss. 
Oh, I like that. Oh my God. Beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, he's, uh, the piece that we're about to talk about falsettos, um, was based off of a trilogy. Uh, Correct. I have notes all about that. Micro. So, um, in trousers, March of the falsettos and falsetto land. Correct. Um, and he did this, he did this piece with James Lapine. Who we will Um, talk about quite a bit throughout this run. Yeah. Yeah, we will. He's great. Um, and they both did a new brain together and um, had had great success with that as well. Um, William Finn also writes a lot of musical reviews. Hmm. He's, he's pretty and song suites or song. I would call them almost song cycles. Okay. He wrote Infinite Joy, uh, which is staggering. It is yes. so, uh, it's so beautiful. Um, the song and the song cycle, amazing. Mm-hmm. Liz Calloway sings it. I suggest I everyone to say. go and listen to Liz Calloway sing Infinite Joy. Um, he also did Elegies, which again mm. is a staggering song cycle, uh, written a, as a response to uh, 9-11. Ooh, it's, it's, it's uh, staggering. It's so beautiful. Um, and it, it reinstates that idea of him being the composer laureate of loss. It's you have like, but there's, it's amazing. What I love about Finn is amidst all the loss, you always have hope. Mm -hmm. It's true. Like, Like, there's hope, there's, there's a journey. You know, we get to see in this piece, Marvin, although he loses Wizard, we think, at the end. Yes, he does. He does, he absolutely does. <coughs> I, I forgot the ending of this. Um, there's hope because he's found himself through Wizard. Exactly. Right, and Jason, like, Wizard comes in almost as this angel, like angels in America yes. in a way, right? Yes. Uh, the the all-knowing life force mm-hmm. which is interesting um so that's a little bit of william finn he also wrote uh little miss sunshine oh uh yeah which um he did at la jolla uh, yeah. and then it went into off um uh, went to off broadway so that's that's a little bit about uh, Mr. William Finn. As yeah. I stated earlier, he works a lot with one James Elliot Lapine. Yes. Director, uh, playwright, screenwriter, librettist. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has won a Tony for Best Book of a Musical three times. Yes. Into the Woods falsettos and passion which we will talk about i love that we will talk about yes absolutely um uh lapine uh did graduate study in both photography and graphic design that's how he started at uh california institute of the arts where he received uh his master's in 1973 um and then as a photographer, graphic designer, and he became an architectural 
preservationist ah. and taught design at the Yale School of Drama. Interesting. I love I love these little nuggets of information. I'm like that. <laughs> way to go, way to go, James. Um, at Yale, he wrote an adaptation and directed uh, the Gertrude Stein play Photograph. Obviously, perfect. He's a photographer. Uh, which was produced off-Broadway. He proceeded to write and direct off-Broadway plays and musicals. I uh, worked with Finn um, on uh, Falsettos, and uh, mm-hmm. then he went on uh, to be introduced to one Stephen Sondheim, mm-hmm. and they decided to work on a musical together. And they yeah. thought, well, let's do Sunday in the Park with George, shall we? Great idea. <laughs> Well, once again, it's about a painting and about and, and about art. Yep. And it then, totally fits. you know, he went on to do um, Into the Woods and then Passion. Mm-hmm. Um, and their latest collaboration is the review Sondheim on Sondheim. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he also, you know, he did 20 uh, to the 25th annual Spelling Bee, Little mm-hmm. Miss Sunshine. He has also directed dramas. Hmm. Very, just puts himself out there, uh, including Dirty Blonde, which ran off Broadway and on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And he also directed a Broadway revival of Annie in 2000. <laughs> I have to say, he's like. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. And. <clears throat> We were talking about this the other day. Lynn mentioned it. We have to watch mm-hmm. this one thing um, mm-hmm. from the Lincoln Center, which is he wrote the stage adaptation of the Moss Hart autobi- uh, autobiography called Act One. Right. Which Lynn keeps keeps telling us about. So we'll have to watch that because Lapine yes. is amazing. Um, and it, he also... Uh, directed his first film um, in 1991, Impromptu. And uh, let's see, he followed that with Life with Mikey with Michael J. Fox for Disney. Love it. Uh, yeah, not a lot of, well, he did do the film Custody with Viola Davis. Oh, yes. Um, and he wrote the screenplay for the Disney version of Into the Woods. Yeah, we'll talk uh, about that. Notice we'll I just kind of put it under my breath. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah. That's, Perfect. Yeah. And that's the it, and that's the two of them. That's the two of them. I mean, these these two are a force. They're great. Yes. Smart, smart uh, gentlemen. Yes. Um, and uh, brilliant collaborators. The their work is fantastic and. James Lapine is is amazing. I'm a huge fan of his work. I am too. I am too. Okay, so production history. Let's get this started. Oh man. Okay. So this musical began its life way back in 1979 as a failed one-act musical written by William Finn called In Trousers. Uh, Yes. In this musical, the character of Marvin questions his sexuality. Uh, And uh, actually, due to the poor reception of this show, Finn thought about leaving the musical theater community altogether and instead enrolled uh, in medical school. Uh, He felt that if the critics 
uh, for the time, uh, oh, sorry, sorry, if the critic uh, for the times at the time had been more responsible, it would have been a considerable debut, but it wasn't. And, and he just said it was junk. So there we go. So Finn uh, ultimately struggled with his science classes and decided uh, his medical school plans were not the best thing for him. And he left that behind and instead uh, decided to uh, write another uh, show based around his character of Marvin. Uh, this time, the story is going to be focused on Marvin and his family, and it was titled March of the Falsettos. Mm -hmm. And on this project, this is where he collaborated with uh, James Lapine on the book. Right. Uh, this musical premiered in 1981 and received more positive uh, reviews than in Trousers. Uh, Finn then left the Marvin character for almost a decade and tried writing other things and nothing was really as successful as his uh, work with the character of Marvin. Uh, so uh, he came back to it uh, with the third and final installment of, of his Marvin trilogy called Falsetto Land. And after the successful uh, off-Broadway run of this particular one-act musical, it won the 1991 Drama Desk for Outstanding Lyrics. Uh, Finn and Lapine decided, let's take this trilogy and make it into a proper musical. So they took the, uh, the, the, the two parts that got the best reviews, which were March of the Falsettos and Falsetto Land. Hmm. And, they, and they worked to create that into one unified piece. To do that, they had to kind of thematically rework some, some of the story to kind of have overarching concepts and themes that could play throughout the entire show versus two very distinct one-act stories. Yeah, that bled into each other. That makes sense. Exactly. Exactly. It's very similar to what Lapine did with Into the Woods, where, <laughs> where, where, where there are two very distinct act stories, but they have thematic tie-overs that kind of make them into a show. Yeah. Writing both acts of falsettos, uh, Finn prioritized making the audience laugh, uh, believing that provoking laughter is more challenging than garnering tears. Like it's much more easier to make somebody cry from a dramatic situation than make somebody laugh. Comedy is a much tougher tightrope to walk because this comedy is such a subjective piece of art. Well, it's not only that, it's about truth-telling without yes. getting in the way of the truth-telling. Right. Like, comedy to me is way more tragic then mm -hmm. like, if you look at Shakespeare's comedies, they're way more tragic because they're based in a reality. Mm -hmm. And we get through some of our hardest situations with laughter. Yes. The humor in this makes it go far and beyond what Rent could ever do. Because there's not really a lot of humor in Rent. And no. for me... Humor adds a maturity to the work. Mm -hmm. And um, if everything were heavy all the time, it would be like living with a teenager. Yes, an angsty teenager. Uh -huh. I agree. Uh -huh. I agree. I, I just got, I got thinking about that as you were chatting. I'm like, you know, uh, if there were no comedy, it'd be like living in perpetual teenage years mm -hmm. as an adult trying to get everyone to out of it hell. yes that is it's that's what i call a certain hell so due to finn being an unorganized writer and composer 
Each act was redeveloped during the rehearsals with Finn often composing songs without any clear idea of where they would fit in the musical. Uh, uh, some songs including Four Jews in a Room Bitching. Four Jews in a Room Bitching. Four Jews in a Room Plot a Crime. I'm bitching, he's bitching, they're bitching, we're bitching, bitch, 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 funny, 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 bitch, 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 all the originated with Finn humming improvised melodies while strolling in the streets of New York City. Uh, he particularly struggled with where to place the bar mitzvah uh, moment in the show. Uh, the original idea uh, to set it in a uh, hospital uh, room came to him in a dream, he has said. Now, I'm not Jewish, so I'm probably going to butcher this, uh, but after the Hatovora reading, uh, by Jason at his bar mitzvah was originally the same uh, one read at Finn's own bar mitzvah, but he got bored in the middle of writing it and added words that he enjoyed musically that are grammatically incorrect in Hebrew. <laughs> uh, Finn does give Judaism, though, a central role in the musical, emphasized by, uh, uh, by um, at the beginning of the show, he has the song Four Jews in a Room Bitching. Uh, in the first, yeah, actually, fun enough, funny enough, in the uh, the first act of March of the, uh, of, of March of the Falsettos was originally intended to be titled Four Jews in a Room Bitching until Lapine insisted uh, that Finn change the title. <laughs> I love it. I think it's, I think it's very funny. I mean, I'm not Jewish. Yes. Neither am I. It's funny. Like, I... He's diving into a stereotype. He's dismantling it, and mm -hmm. then he's reclaiming it. Yes. He's able to dive into Judaism in a way that, you know... Well, he knows it. He's lived it. Yeah, yeah. But he knows he, how to pick it apart properly. He, he And he does. Like, he's... Yes. But it's fun, and it's yeah. funny, and... Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. It's well, hard. I mean, yeah, right. I mean, people have praised the way the, the, the way he the way he uh, depicts Judaism in this musical. Uh, writers Raymond and Zelda Knapp uh, compare the uh, actually compare the implications of the AIDS epidemic in Falsettos to the foreshadowing of the Holocaust in the 1946 Jewish musical Fiddler on the Roof, yeah. uh, noting that both works suggest that that the comparatively innocent atmosphere before the tragedy and the grim environment afterwards. I totally agree. I was just thinking as we were talking through this, I was like, you know, the only other musical that really dives into Judaism the way that this does is Fiddler. Fiddler. And they, they, what is great as someone who is not Jewish is I get to come into a world where it's celebrated mm -hmm. with humor, with irony, but yes. with so much love. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's they're both remarkable in that way, but there's right. It, it is about the plight that, yeah. that like the pogroms and, and then this mm -hmm. in a different way yeah. is so, that's an interesting comparison that I've never mm -hmm. really thought of, but interesting. Very interesting. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. It, it, it makes you think. It totally makes you think. 
Um, so the other big wow. topic that gets covered in this show, as we said, is uh, um, HIV and AIDS. However, it's never explicitly mentioned by that name uh, in, wow. in the musical. And actually, during the initial uh, early 90s, uh, Lapine described the AIDS epidemic and, and, the, and the way in the way this incorporates into this in the musical is uh, a, a time frame in our past that has somewhat been forgotten. We had lost a lot of people to HIV. We really need to keep that history alive. Yeah, and that was really important to Lapine when he retackled this part of the show in in, in the nineties. Uh, Finn wanted to convey the tragedy of of, of AIDS accurately in Falsetto Land and thought, I can't have AIDS be a, uh, a, 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 a be peripheral in the show. And I don't know that I could write about AIDS head on because the horror is too real and I don't want to trivialize it. <laughs> so instead they kind of have this really kind of unspoken way of going about it where we all know what's <coughs> happening to Wizard, but, we're, but it's not, said and because it's dated at the beginning of the AIDS crisis nobody knew what it was called well, so it's a couple years like it's a couple years in mm-hmm. um and we don't get it we we know that wizard is is sick sick but we get it through cordelia yes yes right like well, we're something gonna get into bad her. Is something something stinks something's immoral something's yeah. so bad that words have lost their meaning yes uh it's mm-hmm. uh yeah like it's it's so uh, it's, it's yeah yeah absolutely absolutely and actually finn later after the, after falsettos opened described um the, the musical as a as a catharsis for people who have been through the aids epidemic as well as for people not going through it hoping that the show would allow people only read about the epidemic to uh to to um empathize with people who had lived through it firsthand so he wanted to be a connector piece he wanted the show to be a connection I think it for does people. That, but i don't think it's like over the head no it's very subtle it's uh, very subtle it's very like i mean in in the reprise dr charlotte says something bad is happening something mm-hmm. very bad is happening something that kills something infectious something Mm -hmm. that spreads from one man to another but you're right it's never really given the name no and they never give it a name we just get to see someone dealing with it which is kind of different from Mm -hmm. angels in america which again is the other the masterpiece about the aids crisis right sorry right you're definitely not the number one (laughs) Look at, I mean, for angsty teens, sure. Because that was their end. They needed to have a big cathartic yeah. rock and roll musical about AIDS where everyone dies. And la vie as it were. Yeah. Anyway, but the yeah. masterpiece really is Angels in America. And I would say it's Absolutely. seconded by this. Yes. Um, but Angels in America is more factual. Like it, it, mm-hmm. it the disease is actually a character in the play. Yes. It is It is the unnamed character in the play. It's Correct. named, but it doesn't have a character breakdown. But it is Correct. so present. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and here it's 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 not it's it's more about family and trying to get through without one another and I think that's Mm. they'd be great to do together yeah yeah so speaking of AIDS and things like that though uh to honor the lesbians who assisted uh gay men during the epidemic Finn actually created two characters to represent that which is Charlotte and Cordelia because they were not in the original uh, uh, uh versions of these stories but they were but they were added in because they wanted to add that part of the story because uh Finn expressed that the inclusion of women in the story was paramount to the message of the show explaining gay men's lives have a lot of women in them uh this yes. is important to to, uh, uh, to come into the conversation they should not be ignored god bless you William Finn mm-hmm. absolutely and speaking of Finn, though, because you said a lot of his stuff is autobiographical, mm-hmm. Finn has stated that Falsettos is his least autobiographical work of his canon. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, so now we're, so basically they reworked the show. It's now this uh, two-act musical versus this three-act, versus this three-one-act trilogy. And the original Broadway production opened on Broadway at the John Golden Theater on April 29th. 1992. It was directed by James Lapine. The cast included Michael Rupert as Marvin, Stephen uh, Bogdurus as Wizard, Barbara Walsh as Trina, Trina, uh, Chip Zion uh, as Chip Mendel. Zion. God bless Chip Zion. I love Zion. Chip Zion. He uh, and people, you a lot of the people know him as the original Baker in Into the Woods. Uh, he actually uh, played Marvin in um, in in Trousers. Uh, I love him. I got to see him play the baker. Ah, uh, so jealous! You should I am be. So, so him and Joanna Gleason. They have chemistry. I j'adore, 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 j'adore. Love him. Um, love him. Who else do we have in the original cast? Though we had uh, Jonathan Ka- uh, 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 Kaplan as Jason, Heather McCray as Charlotte, and our favorite Broadway Beltress with the voice of Butter, Carolee Carmelo as Cordelia. Cordelia. I've forgotten that. Carolee does a lot of William Finn stuff. She's also on The Infinite Joy. Like I was about to say, yeah. she shows up in a lot of his work, which is, yeah. I'm all for that. So many of the original uh, Broadway cast uh, had actually been featured in previous um, versions of, of, of this musical when it was all the three different one acts. So basically, Lapine and Finn kind of went back into their catalog of actors they'd already worked with in, in, the, in this project, kind of brought the best of each of those into sense. the room. Yeah, which totally works. It's great. Yeah. Uh, the cast and producers, however, were unsure if the show would find a strong following on Broadway, uh, but were encouraged when Frank Rich of the New York Times gave the musical a positive review. Uh, All about see. the New York Times review. Absolutely. Uh, so Falsos was the last show of Broadway's 1991-1992 season. It had a budget of $9,507,000, which is considered a low budget by Broadway standards. It certainly is. Uh, uh, Broadway producers Barry and Fran Weisler uh, mm. uh, tried various marketing strategies to promote the musical. Uh, uh, they so what they 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 went to to try and help promote it was uh, creating an easily identifiable logo inspired by the minimalist design of cats. 
So the Weislers turned to the artwork of Keith uh, um, um, Herring, who had died of, of complications with AIDS in 1990. Yes. Uh, and, and so the image they came up with was uh, two adults with a child uh, holding up a bright red heart. That's right. And it is, it is very Herring-esque. Yes, absolutely. Like and uh, very relevant at that time. <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm, definitely. Uh, um, uh, although audiences were enthusiastic at previews, the producers worried that the marketing strategy would not draw in a large audience. And Barry Weisler explained that since Keith died of AIDS, many people felt the drawing was meant to attract a, a gay audience. Uh, the Weislers then hired advertising agency uh, Lee Don, Weinler, and Weiner. Um, who launched a promotional campaign centered on photographing audience members not targeting specific Catholic or Jewish or family audiences, but trying to get across that the idea of falsettos is for everyone. Uh, the advertisers invited the newly crowned Miss America, who had recently launched an Atlantic City-based AIDS awareness campaign, to attend the show and to be photographed. So they were really trying to make this work. Uh, in the following months, the producers began to earn back their initial investments and to, and to profit from the show. So, ergo, their strategies all worked. Hey, it's a business. You got you to sell the show. I know. I know. Putting it together bit by bit. Yes. In the words of Lapine and Sondheim. Like, uh, it drives me nuts. It drives me nuts that it's more about the business than the art like without and this is a lot of people do not do the business side well no and that's why a lot of good art fails uh you need the business side because the world that's how the world works yeah it's a commercial entity yeah crazy and i mean if you think about it back then early 90s like like doing a musical about aids was quite controversial so yes. think about trying to sell this sucker to people, like it's well, tough. So I they had to have not a good touring to the Bible Belt. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Which it should have, but no, it didn't. No, um, of course not. Uh, no. Uh, so the musical was nominated for seven Tony Awards, including Best Musical, Best Direction for Lapine, Best Original Book and Score uh, for Finn and Lapine, Best Lead Actor for Michael Rupert, Best Featured Actor for Jonathan Kaplan, uh, Best Featured Actress for Barbara Walsh. Uh, as Trina, Trina, uh, and, uh, and the musical only won two awards for best book and best score. It lost best musical to Crazy for You. <laughs> Falsetto should have won that year. I remember. Thank you. It's, like a, it's, it's the, the, the Gwyneth Paltrow beating Kate Blanchett all over again. Don't go down that road, Autumn. Don't go down that road. How can you take a Gershwin musical review where women are played like basses and compare it to a beautiful, simple musical about family, love, and loss and, and say it's better? America, God bless you. Well, that's like Will Rogers' Follies beating out Miss Saigon. Well, Miss Saigon's complicated. We talked about that, but... Yes. Come on, come on, people. 
Love it. Come on. Yeah. So the production did close after the Tony Awards on January, or sorry, June 27th, 1993, after 487 performances. So not a long original run. However, mm-hmm. during the run, two notable replacements came in for Marvin and Trina, which were Mandy Patinkin as Marvin and Randy Graff as Trina. I'm shaking <laughs> I'm my head. head. I would love to see Mandy Patinkin do this no. performance. Fathers oh, and no. Sons, I can totally see him rocking that song. Sure, fine. He's not a Marvin. That's Maybe fun. more of a Mendel. Uh, 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 Mendel. Yeah, yeah. More Mendel. Yeah, he's, he's more of a Mendel. He's not a Marvin. Yeah. No, 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 no. Either way. So Choices those were, two, were made. You made yeah, choices. were made. So here's a fun fact, though. So after Close on Broadway, it went out on tour, and Carly Carmelo portrayed Trina, and uh-huh. Greg Elderman played Marvin. And following the tour uh-huh. in 1995, Carly and Greg got married. Uh, uh, however, they uh, um, however they divorced in 2015. But they had, but I mean, they were married for quite a while there. Greg Edelman also starred in City of Angels. Fun fact. There you go. Yeah, I like yep. Greg Edelman. Yes, that's interesting. I can see him as a Marvin. I can too. Yeah. Totally. Um, so the musical was revived in 2016. Yep, with Christian Borrell as Marvin, um, Andrew. Reynolds as as Wizard, Stephanie J. Block as Trina, Brandon Urenowitz as um, Mendel, uh, Tracy Toms of Red Fame as Charlotte, and wow. Betsy Wolf as Cordelia, and Anthony Rosenthal as Jason. I uh, love Tracy Toms. Mm-hmm. She's great. She's great at everything she does. She's great. She made everything palatable for me. (laughs) I like, she's great. Fantastic. And uh, yeah, we get to talk about her twice. This is exciting. It's true. true. Uh, We'll get to talk about her twice. But that that's, I, yeah, I can totally see her as a Cordelia. That's great casting. No, no. Tracy Thomas was Charlotte. Oh, she played the caterer. Doctor. Oh no, no, she plays she plays I'm the doctor. Confused. Betsy Wolf play, 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 plays plays Cordelia. C and C. There's too there's too many scenes in the show. I know. Uh, um so Dr. one of the interests. Yes, she plays Dr. Charlotte, and you can totally see her as a doctor. Great casting. I'm surprised she has not been on Grey's Anatomy yet as a doctor it, on that show. She's great. She's great. Uh she's but great. yeah, she, she yeah, she's wonderful. Um, so, however, before the production opened, Finn uh, expressed his concerns, stating that it's a different world we live in now, so I wonder how it's going to be received. I don't even know if the show evinces the horribleness of the times because it's talking about family and a lot of other things in a world that is being devoured by AIDS. Uh, this production uh, was also directed by Lapine again. Uh, and it opened on October 27th, 2016. The production closed on January 8th, 2017. Two performances were filmed on January 3rd and 4th, 2017, and then were repackaged into a presentation for the PBS television series Live from Lincoln Center and aired in October 2017. Uh, This production received positive reviews, particularly for Block, Toms, and Wolf. So the three females of the show got particularly good uh, good notices. Uh, The production received five Tony nominations, including Best Revival of a Musical, 
Best Actor for Christian Borrell, Best Featured Actor for Brandon Urinowitz and um, Andrew Reynolds, uh, and Best Featured Actress for Stephanie J. Block. The production, however, lost all uh, awards that day, and in particular, it lost Best Revival to Hello, Dolly, starring Bette Midler. Uh, fun fact, uh, yes. the musical stage company also did falsettos in 2013. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah, so it's been done a few times. It's had its revival. It was just on tour uh, up until 2019. Yeah, it's, it's a, um, I, I saw it live when musical stage did it. Oh, really? And, yeah. Was it was it? I don't know. I'd like to. I'd like to see the two thousand the version with Christian Borel and stuff. Have like you that. never seen that? No. Autumn Broadway HD it man Broadway HD. I don't have Broadway HD. It's too expensive. You should get it. It's eight bucks. Okay. Well, <laughs> it's eight bucks that has to go towards my children's allowance. Um, eyes. Tell them you're going to teach them theater. It's it got a great catalog of stuff. This version was. Uh, it's it's a difficult show. I understand what what Finn is saying mm-hmm. because in a way it's somewhat dated. And how do you how do you remove that datedness from it? Musical you can't. stage. You've got to embrace it. This is this is a musical that takes place in a certain place and time. It's like Titanic. Yeah. You can't you, you can't take the ship out of Titanic. You can't take AIDS out of this show. No, no, you can't. I do think there's a way to um, not date it, though. I think mm. I like the version I saw was very 1990s, and oh. it had like a I don't know. I was not a huge fan of this version. the The revival is much more subtle, so when you do watch it, it's fantastic because it is a much more subtle show. Yeah. The only thing that really kind of tells you the time period is is the costumes which are which are 70s and 80s but that's basically yeah. it everything else is very kind of the set doesn't yeah. i mean the set is i mean the set is made out of, out of a bunch of blocks that get rearranged into different settings drama boxes i love that it's a really um, cool cube with where, where it's all different shapes and architecture that pop out of this configuration and they it's fantastic yeah this one was done on like a sterile white um set oh that's kind of weird yeah it was it was bizarre and i think it might have had a row like a Uh, oh 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 like a revolve yeah but it was very it was very still like Mm -hmm. it was very simple but I don't know. I think it was the acting of little 90s. Oh. Well, yeah. Autumn, maybe you have to direct this show. Um, I would like to. It's not the top of my list. Mm-hmm. I, I would very much rather do the Kushner piece. Yes. And maybe that'll Agreed. happen at some point in the, in the future. In the future. I love that. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay, so that's it for production, though. So after closing its tour in 2019, it's now gone back onto the shelf and will probably be pulled out again in a few years. Uh, but Autumn, how did you first come to this show? Like, where did your relation to Falsetto Land begin? I first found this show 
when it was on the Tonys. Ah. And I was like, oh my God, I need to own that soundtrack. So I went out mm. and I bought the, at that time it was the tape. <laughs> I went out and bought the old tape. Yeah. Tape recorder in my car, my little yep. uh, Chevette. And I just listened to it and listened to it. And uh, it's funny, my, my friend, Steve Endicott, who now works as the head of development at the director of development at Canadian Stage, he and I would like, I introduced him to this musical and it's the one thing he always says, Autumn Smith, you are the one responsible for my falsetto obsession. So Perfect. like I, I was, I was coming out. It was something that spoke to me. I was like, mm -hmm. oh my God, people can write musicals about anything. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> there was, so there true. was uh, infinite joy as it were mm -hmm. and yes. infinite possibility uh, through it. So that's, that's how I came to it. And I, I fell in love with it. Love it. That's I have a very short history for mine. Yeah. I saw the original airing of this on PBS oh, right. uh, of, of the concert. Uh, I then went and listened to the album and that was it. I, I then went, okay, I've heard it. I've listened to it. And it wasn't until you said, we're going to do it that I went yeah. back into my uh, catalog and went, okay, let's get a, okay, let's do a deeper dive into this. Cause yep. up till now I haven't really deep dived into it, but now that I have, I'm like, Oh, this is such a great show. I would love to, tackle this as a director on stage yep because there's so much you can get into with this I, th I think this is a great piece and there's so many great monologues in here that like if you even took away the the music the the lyrics would stand on their own that's a great oh, bit yeah. of monologue oh. scene work you could do yes yes like so. they're they're brilliant it, it's yeah it's brilliant yeah yeah all right, so now we're into our top three songs. Autumn, what is your number one song? I don't know. They're all so good. Autumn. Um, uh, I am going to go with What More Can I Say? What more can I say? How can I express? How confused am I? By our happiness I can't eat breakfast I barely tie my shoe What more can I do? Did not make my list. All right, fine. I just love this song. It's about, it's a love song between two men. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Oh, wait, hold or on. A man to Oh, wait, man. sorry. So, sorry, yes. What more can I say? I, I thought you said, what more would I do? Sorry, what more can I say? It did make my list, but on the oh, other list. Fine. Good. The other list? Yeah. It made your other list? Yes. Oh, come on. <laughs> it's a love song by a man to another man. It's beautiful. Yeah, you know what? Talk about it, and then I'll and then, then I'll give you my reasons. Why. There's not. There's. It was revolutionary at the time. It's a. It's a beautiful song about falling in love, and you know those. What more can I say? I don't know what else to say actually about the song. the The melody is beautiful. 
Mm -hmm. It's, you know, uh, it's gorgeous mm -hmm. between two men. I, I don't know what else to say. I love the song. Fair, fair enough. Okay, so the reason why I made my other list. Can't believe I made your other list. Mackenzie. Listen, I get that at the time it was revolutionary, but we're, we're, we're beyond that now. And for me, I go, this kind of feels like a generic love ballad and it doesn't really. But it's have... not generic because it's between two men. Yeah, but that was notable for when it came out, but looking at it now in a 2020 lens. It's still like important. It, it's, it's still it's, important for, it, for cisgender people to see a beautiful, where else can you get a love ballad between two men? Lacage. Yeah, but no. They have a beautiful love ballad in that show. Sure. Well, then there's two of them. Fantastic. <laughs> also, Somebody... Rent. Rent has a great love ballad for Angel and What's-His-Face. There's a few good ones out there. But my biggest thing is, is it just felt generic and what, and, and for me, I, I always skip it because like, what? I get it. It's part, it, 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 it's part of the evolution of Marvin where, where, where like we're seeing him improve himself and him changing, which is great. It has to be done. But I think there's a better way where you could have done it as a duet between Marvin and Wizard. It is, versus, it is no, a isn't. duet. No, it isn't. It's, no, I'm no, not sorry. Right now. What more can I say is sung in bed while <laughs> Wizard is sleeping and Marvin looks on at him as he sleeps. Oh my God, beautiful man in bed singing. He's singing to him. It's simple. It's deceptively simple, which makes it absolutely stunning. Yeah, my, my other big thing is that I also go, it's hard for me to invest in this song because we know where this is going. Like, uh, I, 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 we all know that Wizard ain't gonna make it out of the end of the show. So having this moment, uh, you want me to invest and care about this moment, but I'm like, I can't fully get into you, Marvin. Because first of all, I still haven't gone over the fact that you slapped Trina. Uh, second of all, like, I know what's happening here. Like, I know that ultimately you're going to break my heart in the next 40 minutes, 20 to 40 minutes. And how can I invest in a, in a love story that's not, that I know is going to end horribly? So I don't know. For me, I just kind of skip it. It's not one of the ones I listen to on repeat as it were for on this on this track on this album i i don't know i think it 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 augments his confusion i think there are better songs that marvin has like i love um the one um uh what would i do which is after wizard dies and it's also it's wizard's spirit and marvin having this beautiful goodbye to each other what would what what could i do if i did not love you yeah, um, I, I just like this because it's simple mm -hmm. and it, fair. It's, it's about falling in love. Yeah, fair. And totally. when he sparkles, the earth begins to sway. What more can I say? Yeah. Come on. I don't know, like that just feels generic. It reminds me of like Miss Saigon with like one of their love ballads. I guess that's same but type it's different because of... it's two men. Okay, fine. <laughs> That's the one on. unique, unique X factor to that moment. And they're in bed together in a musical in the 90s. Yeah, but we're past the 90s now. That's it the thing. It doesn't matter. It is a historical kind of perspective. 
there is there is like a, a pill that helps people deal with um, you know HIV and AIDS symptoms, but AIDS, HIV and AIDS is still a thing. It's still uh, a deadly virus. True. So what? True, true. It you know we can go back and look at the farmer and the cowman and say it's not relevant, Mackenzie Horner. <laughs> what did you bring in farmer and the cowman? I didn't even oh, bring it up this time. Oh, you brought see, it up with a point. Yeah, that's but Farmer and the Cowman, like that's an apple, like that's an apple north. We're talking about a love ballad here where like if it was it's sung by men. anybody else, like not two men and just sung by like Trina and uh, Mendel. Well, then it would be boring, but it's not. Yeah. Because it's too singing it that makes be. it interesting, it but, the, the, but the song itself is, the song itself isn't interesting. It's the situation where the song is sung that makes it interesting. You just proved my point. But no, I didn't prove your point. You did. No, because you said if it was sung by an ordinary couple, it would be boring. But because, because it's sung it's, by two men, but it wasn't written it's for an ordinary couple. It was written for Marvin, who is discovering himself still in this process. So it's it's about him as much as it is about Wizard. It has to be taken in context. If you have a woman sing it to a man, yes, it's just a love ballad. How many love ballads do we pick on this show? Probably not, not that many. many, right? Yep. Or if we do, they're complex, like as long as he needs me. This yes. is not a regular love ballad because of the container it is in. All right, fair. I know it's fair. <laughs> I still skip it. I still skip it. Fine, you skip but, away. Yeah. I, I can only guess what have, number one is. I'm breaking down. Oh. Men will be men. Let me turn on the gas. I caught them in the den with Marvin grabbing Wizard's ass. Oh, sure, I'm sure he sure he did his best. I mean, he meant to be what he was not. The things he was are things which I forgot. He's a queen, I'm a queen. Where is my crown? I'm breaking down. I'm breaking down. My life is shitty and my kid seems like an idiot to me. I mean, that's sick. I mean, he's great. It's me who is the matter, talking madder than the maddest tatter. Inter I did not expect that. So there. <laughs> Uh, I do have my, my more complex moments. It it's is on your on, list? It's not on either of my lists. Oh, how can it not be? I mean, I love this song for the humanity it shows of Trina. Yeah. Where you're she seeing her stream of con. She has fantastic songs and she has the best arc of the whole show, in my opinion. Like, I think Marvin yeah. is, is a great secondary person to have a, to have a, have a good arc, but I think Trina is the most complex character of the piece where, and, and this is, this song proves it, where she is having the stream of consciousness and having to confront her feelings and her judgments about the fact that her husband, who she married and had a child with, is gay and has divorced her. Like she's like she's having this mental breakdown basically because she's not feeling adequate and she's not and she's feeling insecure in herself. And it's and it's and it's interesting because we brought up the whole concept of antagonists where like you see your own antagonist, the, like, your, like your antagonist, as it were, doesn't see themselves as an antagonist. And that's exactly how, how, like how it is with her and Wizard. Wizard mm -hmm. is a happy, wonderful person. And she goes, I don't hate him, but like, God, he annoys me. Like, I, 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 he makes me feel inadequate. 
couldn't provide for Marvin the way he does like it's, it's such a great it's character beyond piece. that and it's her yeah I I do like this piece I mm-hmm. I don't have a dud list for the show I'm just <laughs> I'm I don't have any I have three and, and you and you're, you've already heard one um I I do like it I do I love Trina I love her journey I love yeah I I so many people have gone through this scenario yes of you know their partner coming out as gay yeah and, absolutely you know good for the person coming out to actually yeah. own their identity exactly and you know what i have full empathy for the other side of it as well mm-hmm. because you've you question your own self and it takes a very remarkable person to be like katrina and be accepting Yes. And, uh, but that doesn't happen right away for her. She has to get through this process. I, I, and that's what I like about it. it she, she isn't this wonderful, wholesome character who automatically when this change happens, she goes, okay, fine, great, thanks, honey. Like here you actually see struggle with her and she's absolutely. angry at the world. Like, at the fact she's chopping up phallic-shaped foods, like right there tells you, like uh, she has some anger at Marvin for what's happened in this world but yet at the same time she still loves him she does she does love him yeah and I think that's what makes this a remarkable musical yes and I you know I often say when relationships are breaking up as hard as it is for the person on the being broken up side Mm -hmm. um well would you rather live a lie exactly would you rather have be in a partnership that is a lie, mm-hmm. that is not about love anymore? Yeah. So the break, the breakdown, I'm breaking down, needs to happen so she can get to the other side. Exactly. We, 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 just her being with um, Mendel. It's it, it. You know, relationships ending. It's the same as someone dying. Something has died. You have to go mm-hmm. through the seven stages of grief. Yes. You do. Absolutely. And we get to see her stages of grief and we get to see some of Marvin's um, yes. grief. We just don't get the end of that journey for him. No. Well, because he's still growing and changing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also will say that musically, this is a really well-written song because it actually leaves rest moments in after certain lines for the audience to laugh. Like there are laugh beats built into the song. Yeah. But and also- Yes, exactly. I, 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 a lot of times there's comedy in songs, but the song isn't written to hold that comedy so it flows through that comedic moment and the audience is laughing but missing something. Here, it's like there's a joke set up, it's hit, and then there's a bit of a, a beat for Trina to react and the audience gets to react with her as she's thinking this through. It's so smart the way it's written. And also any song that requires an actress or an actor to sing while eating food is like automatically a song on another level 
Like the fact that you have to belt your final note as you eat a banana. Like, ugh. Like, and that's what makes Finn extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Like, it is the humor. The It's the humor that allows us into lives of these people. Because mm-hmm. it's every day. We go through our lives every day like this. It's just pointing it out. Mm-hmm. Right? And yeah. if someone were to, like, take a video of my day, they'd be laughing their ass off. Because they probably like, and that's just a normal day. (laughs) What happens on those other abnormal days, Autumn? Like, uh, yeah. (laughs) I laugh at my days most of the time. There you go. Um, Yeah, that's a good choice. Good choice. Thank you. Your first choice. I thought you were going to go for something a little bit different. Nope. Uh, What is your number two, though? My number two is another Trina song, Holding to the Ground. Life is never what you planned. Life is moments you can't understand. And that is life. I'm plain. I don't astound. The ground keeps shifting, keeping my balance square. Trying not to care about this man who Marvin loves. But that's my life. <laughs> he shared my life. Yes, that's my life. Do not make my list. That was I... that. It was either I'm breaking down or that one because they're they're a pair. Like a, a, they a, are. They mirror each other. They do. But it's, you know, it's uh, like, it's an, a soliloquy song. It is. It, it absolutely is. Because yeah. at this moment, like this is, for people who don't know the show, this is where in Act 2, uh, Trina is now facing the fact that Wizard is in the hospital, mm-hmm. that he's sick and dying, and she has, and she has to confront this uh, and her feelings about Wizard. Yeah. And because up till then we've known she's uncomfortable around him like like even when he shows up at the baseball game she is uncomfortable that he is there well then and now she has to be in a hospital yeah and jason called him to come exactly exactly so i mean like but it's that once again it's it's her fine it's 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 that final bit of that piece of her puzzle of her and wizard's relationship where she is where she's full-on accepting everything about him in this moment and is accepting how he plays into her life. Yeah. And I think it's, 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 yeah, this makes it the modern family story, this song. Yes, exactly. Like being a lesbian and a step parent, mm-hmm. it, I, I could, I could sing the song every day. Yeah. Like it's, it's for me, it's just uh, so visceral. Mm-hmm. and uh amazing i think it, it he, he just nails it yeah. and i i don't know i this this musical just resonates on so many levels and it's so human like i, I, I think that's yeah. what it is it's a very human musical and, and it's not big it's not showy it's very very human and people going through human moments uh, uh, of their lives and that we can all relate to because we've all been in spots where we've had this person 
come in and you have to go, do I like them? Do I not like them? And then, and then you have to confront those feelings. And, and that's what you're having the feelings and what exactly. those feelings are going to lead to. And, and I call exactly. it, I call it um, the art of making the ordinary extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Well, that's exactly what theater is. Theater is that heightening uh, of those everyday mm-hmm. moments. Sometimes, but this is heightened in the right way. The correct extraordinary ordinary. Yes. It's not, it's not Miss Saigon or Sweeney Todd. Well, no, those are epic musicals. Those are a whole different category. When we think of musicals, we think of epicness. And this is kind of like, this is kind of like a drama that is sung. Yes, absolutely. You could take away the music and have this as a play. Completely. One, yes. Like all of these, all of these songs could become soliloquies or Mm -hmm. monologues. Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're, he's, Finn is brilliant. Yes. Agreed. Number two, holding to the ground. Holding to the ground. And my number two, right? Absolutely. That's a perfect analogy of what she's going through. Yeah. It's tonic plates. Keep moving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and during her world it's great exactly uh but my number two though is father to son oh father to son i for one would take love slower i've made my choice but you can sing a different song watch as you sing how your voice gets much lower you'll be kid a man kid if nothing goes wrong sing for yourself as we march along surprised i'm waiting for the big shtick Shtick moment why Why? like uh i don't know i do i do have my moments of serious songs i've I've done that throughout i do a mix of both i've never done an episode where it's all shtick no but there's always a shtick in there of course there is because because that's part of who i am i always i always enjoy part of the i know i know you do I'm just waiting for it in this one. There's a lot of shtick. There is. There is. But yes, no. But my number two, though, is father and son. Because it it, it threw me. It threw me for for a left turn. Because I hate Marvin for most of Act One. What? I I don't like him. He's arrogant. He's an asshole. And he also slaps Trina. The minute he slapped Trina, I was... I, I, I was off the Marvin train. I was like, good, go be alone. You deserve to be alone for what you've done to Wizard, to Trina, to your son. Like, you're just an arrogant, self-absorbed dick right now. And yet the song comes out. But he has to be. He has to be an arrogant dick. Because he's struggling so internally with who he is. It's the only way he can present in the world. Is it okay that he hits Trina? No, but I, it's, it's a deer in headlight feral moment find empathy 
Okay. Well, no, this song gave me empathy for, for, for Marvin. This is where, because at that point I was like, I'm, I'm done with this Marvin character. I want him out of my story. But I was like, crap, he's in act two. Uh, but then I was like, so how are they going to make me care about him? Because you can't have the rest of a show where like you don't care about this person. And this was the moment that worked because it's so heartfelt. And you can yeah. see in this song, Marvin changing and evolving. And he's acknowledging his mistakes. He's not glazing over them. He's like, no, I was wrong. Like I did wrong by you. I did wrong by your mom. I did wrong by a lot of people. And, and, he, and yet at the same time, he's trying to tell his son, learn from what I did wrong and let's move forward in life. And you know what? I'm going to love you no matter what. And you know, and it's very similar to that no more moment in Into the Woods. Yes. Whereas that father and son having that honest, realistic conversation with each other. And you know, I remember my dad having a very similar conversation uh, with me around this Jason age where like, where, like, where like your dad sits you down and he basically tells you about love and life. I remember it as if it were yesterday. We were driving home one night after dumping debris it was sunset dry, driving along Ridge Road in, in Barrie. So the trees and, in this, and it was the summer. And he and I just had that conversation for 20 minutes. That's all it was. But I can remember that moment where he was like, I'll love you no matter what happens. Like, learn from what I've done wrong. Like, you always have to do better. Like, like stay focused on your goal. You have that passion. Use that passion. Like, love is love. Like, no matter what focus yeah. on you like it's a beautiful it is it's moment. a beautiful song but it's you know it's also they're they're also trying to find themselves in this new world yes two of them and jason is his legacy exactly like any parent you're 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 that, 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 well i i just said autumn i forget what episode you said it on but like why we have children is for legacy oh no it was in fiddler on the roof mm-hmm. but it's, it's the whole point of why do we have kids? Mainly out of vanity and legacy. We want to leave a little bit of ourselves behind. Yeah. Yeah. We want to, and, we want to perpetuate tradition. Interesting. Yes. Enough. Yes. And name. And yeah. I'm like, well, I guess I'm the halting point for my family. There's no, <laughs> there's no Smiths there. But, you know, I... I you have a brother, though. I do, I do, and my my nephew will carry it forth with there you go. great pride, just from my loins. I'm okay with that. I'm yeah. okay with that. My legacy. You're parting is, yourself in other ways. I, you know, your teaching legacy is is so interesting, and so many people have children, mm-hmm. um, and don't do it properly. It's not about mm-hmm. the kids at all, and it should be about the kids. Mm-hmm. it shouldn't be about them mm-hmm. and I think that's this is what Marvin is trying to do like he's trying to sort it out he's yeah. trying to sort out his selfishness and his needs mm-hmm. and balance it with what Jason needs yes exactly only other parents could be that complex yeah but that's deep thinking and I, and I don't think people think like that all the time because people are selfish yeah, that's very there. true. <laughs> that is my end game. Don't get me started on this little nugget. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I will say after hearing this song, I did want to go hug my dad. Like it's 
like it's a great father-son it is a, it is a beautiful but he's also trying to see jason because jason is completely different from him yes and that makes marvin likable and yes lovable. exactly and, it, like and we, it's a great way to end act one where like you've not liked marvin through most of act one and then you no. have this beautiful end, end of act one where you go oh okay i'm now actually reinvested in you it's like marvin's in rent in act one yes he's very angsty he's very arrogant well and, he, the, and at the end of act one you see this evolution of him he's all of those things because he's 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 in a state of immaturity and we mm -hmm. talked about this a little bit earlier about teens mm -hmm. not having a sense of humor right yes and it's because they're trying to find themselves and marvin is trying to find himself mm -hmm. so i think we have to give him a little bit of of credit in that oh i give him a little bit of credit but not much i go anybody who has to hit somebody else that's automatically a strict against i'm gonna have to go dog. watch this moment again because i don't remember that he strikes her. He, he, ha he has his meltdown when, when he gets the wedding invita invitation and he strikes her. To Mendel, you mean? Uh, no. No. He strikes Trina, but he, get, but, he, but he gets the wedding invitation from her and Mendel. To Mendel. That kind of puts thing. him over. Correct. Correct. Because he's broken up with Wizard. He gets the invitation. He goes over the edge and he hits Trina. Uh, not okay. Not okay no. if the woman in the piece. No, exactly. Uh, but and that's why and and that's why it really made me not like him until this see, song. This song turned it around. As as a as a as a gay writer, mm -hmm. that would be something I would encourage Finn to take out. I would encourage him to relook at that. He can have a meltdown, but I think that the hit. Mm, uh, demonizes him it vilifies him and i don't think i don't think it's needed mm -hmm. i'd have to look at the moment again i'd have to read it in the script and how it builds that moment but you're right marvin yeah. is not likable in act no i agree i do agree with you on that i i remember i'm recalling my watching of it at the musical mm -hmm. stage company i was like God, i hate marvin yes and uh, there has to be a way into him where we get to see mm -hmm. him struggling more to mm -hmm. get to that arrogance, to get to that. Mm -hmm. Well, that, <laughs> I, 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 I think that's the prequel, which is, which is in trousers that they didn't adapt. But there has to be a way for the actor to bring you into that journey. Yes. And I think if that's lacking, you even are hesitant in act two mm -hmm. with Marvin. Yes. And I don't well, know if that forwards the cause at all. I don't think the, the play, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I want Marvin to be likable. Yeah. Well, he at least should have some type of redeeming quality, and he does with this song. But yeah, there we go. That's my number he's two. Like, for me, he's like Joe and Angels in America. Yes. Yes. Joe also treats Harper like crap. He does. He absolutely does. Um, but I want to see the struggle within that. Mm -hmm. that's all well there is struggle yeah absolutely but i i want it to become more palpable in the character mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay fair okay what's your number three do you have some shtick autumn i don't <laughs> what is your number three then uh something bad is happening bachelors arrive 
wives sick and frightened. They leave weeks later unenlightened. We see a trend, but the trend has no name. Something bad is happening. Something very bad is happening. Something stinks. Something immoral. Something so bad that words have lost their meaning. Almost made my list. I love this song. It's such a great. I well, it uh, we get to see uh, Charlotte and Cordelia, mm-hmm. and you know their dynamic, which is yes. great. I mean, Charlotte's coming home, and she's in the middle of a new pandemic that seems to be affecting people that she's close to. Yes, and then you have Cordelia feeling like she's trying to be significant. And just, you know, making, making matzo ball soup, <laughs> you know, uh, like, and it, it kind of validates the fact that they're both important. You know yes. what I mean? Like, just because one has made the life choice of being a doctor and the other one made the life choice of being a caterer, yeah. you know, they find each other and there's love and there's mm-hmm. um, value to yeah. both of their paths. Uh, Absolutely. Well, I like that. I, I really, I like that there's a little bit of a internal debate for Cordelia and, mm-hmm. you know, and we get, to, we get to see the anxiety in Charlotte. And yes. Like this. Well, she knows. She's like Dr. Fauci. She knows what's coming and nobody is paying attention and listening to her. It's, it's great. It is a great... There's a reprise, uh, a reprise of it as well. Well, exactly, because she suggests that Marvin may also have contracted AIDS. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah, there's no, it's left open. My favorite thing about this song is the way it starts. She says, people might think, people might, what does she say? People might think I'm very dykish. I'm, d- I'm like, uh, <laughs> use the word dyke in a musical yeah uh i make a big stink when i must but god damn i'm just professional never too nonchalant if i'm a bitch well i am what i am love that i love it i love it you should have that like tattooed or 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 or, or, or like made into a sign above your office door autumn my my john adams way if i'm a bitch yep i am what i am exactly I, I don't love that. need praise. I don't need pity. I'll just keep going. Yes. Uh, <laughs> La cage uh, au I'm, I'm not, I, I wouldn't ever consider myself a bitch. I do consider, consider myself someone who is very uh, overt in her opinions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's all. Yes. Nothing bad with that. I'm confident in it. You know, my, you know, my sister Quincy, she has a great saying we're, we're, because as a kid, she was called bossy. So her, so her response is, I'm not bossy, I'm a leader. That's right. That's right. People are terrified of leaders. So whatever. Yeah, there you go. Godspeed to you. I'm here yep. and ready. But you know what? Being a good leader also admits uh, 
claiming defeat and knowing when you're yes. wrong. Yes, which and is hard I, to do. Um, I'm all for it because it's the only way I can grow in the world. Yeah. Fair, fair enough. I love okay. that number three choice. So Autumn, do you know what my number three is? Four twos in a room pitching. No. Baseball game. You got it. <laughs> we're sitting and watching Jason make errors, the most pathetical errors. We're watching Jewish boys who almost read Latin, up, batten, and batten, bat. Remember, Sandy Koufax, you can do it if you want to do it. Take heart from Hank Greenberg. It's not genetic. Even you can be copacetic. I think, I think, I think you can. I think you can. Okay, you know there had to be one in there. Jason the batter. That's <laughs> right. It's so, so great. And the reason why I picked it oh, good. was because growing up, I played baseball. And, and, for, and for, for many of my early years of baseball, I was like Jason. I would strike out every time I couldn't hit the ball. Actually, we actually have video recording of me striking out. Uh, because my parents would come, they would support me, they would sit in the stands, my dad would stand behind the batter, the batting cage, and tell me, trying to tell me when to swing. He would, he would, he would try and teach me how to hold the bat, what? so I could actually hit. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And I mean, like, I can get into a whole story about my, about baseball. Like, I, I, growing up, for the first part of it, I, we had a pitching machine, pitch the ball versus somebody pitch, which is great when you think about it. However, the first day I ever went into the batting cage for practice, I was hit twice in the hand and once in the throat. Oh, so I had a, I, so I, I, I had a perpetual fear of the of the pitching machine, which is why I always stood a little bit further out than I should have from the plate. However, just like in the song, oh. I finally did hit the ball, and unfortunately, I got out at first base. But it's okay. I hit the ball, and it's the journey of this song for Jason of him not doing well in the sport and then and, and then one day it just clicks and you're able to do it and i and, and we kept that message on it because my dad missed that game he was away no so was, but my mom was there so on the way home we called the home phone and left a message saying i hit the ball and we kept that message for a long time yay i'm so proud of you i'm yes. very proud of you i uh I'll never forget last year. So I've only played two years, two years, two years, two years. The first year I received most improved player. Nice. Good. That's a good spot to be. Yeah. In. Second year I was, uh, uh, the, um, best sports. There you go. Um, I, I, I don't know which way I went. <laughs> I'm definitely a team player. I'll, I'll give you that. Go. But I hit a home run last year. Congratulations. And look at Mac, never in my life did I think I would hit a home run. I just think the stars aligned in some spot and the grass was a little dewy or something, so it rolled a little mm -hmm. faster. Yeah. But I ran, I ran my heart out. And if you mm -hmm. saw me run, friends, mm -hmm. If you saw the run, you'd laugh. I kind of look like a cartoon character. Nurse <laughs> says, no one runs that upright. I look like yeah. a soldier. My <laughs> 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 kind of little feet moving. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
So I get this song. I get it. Reed also watching Reed play baseball. <laughs> he desperately wants to be a sports person. Good. Good. It's not his gift. It's he no, tries. but he, but 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 he but tries. it's that social concept uh, 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 of what uh, of what sports are. And, and that's something my dad tried to teach me. I mean, I didn't get into hockey till much later in life. Like, like only in the last five years, I get yes. into hockey. My dad tried to get me into hockey growing up. I mean, I did baseball, I did soccer, but like the biggest thing my dad was trying to teach you was community and that team and that team mentality that you're part of a team. And that and that's what sports is. And I mean, that's what this song is about. I mean, this is about the team, aka the family, yeah, including Wizard coming together for Jason. And they're all there to cheer him on, him, and they're yeah, watching him strike out repeatedly. Oh, and, oh, yeah, exactly. Great. It is exactly. Uh, we're watching Jewish boys who cannot play baseball. Baseball, play baseball, play baseball. <laughs> like the lyrics are so funny in this moment. It's oh. so great, and I also think it's very Sondheim-esque. Like this is a really Sondheim ah. song where you have overlapping lyrics, you have quick, a very quick-paced melody, and you have a lot of um things going on with with, char- with character with characters on stage. Like you have a lot of subplots all being executed. Oh, it's great. At the same time. I, I, I guess there's so much going on in this moment. Well, and Wizard's the one, again, he's the tie. Yes. He was the one that separated them, but he was also the one that linked them back together. Exactly. Which is um, so great. Yeah. So great. Yes. And he's the guy that helps them with the baseball. Yep. And you know what? The, uh, everything he told was, uh, uh, Jason... My dad told me exactly the same things. Like, keep hold the bat eye. this way. Yeah. Yep. Keep your eye. Don't like, I, 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 I swing straight through, not down. Like, like, I, I, and the best thing is the way the scene ends where they tell him to run because he hits the ball. He's so shocked. And it's like, That's run. With me. Anytime I hit the ball, I'm like, oh, I actually have to move. I gotta now. go. I got, I, yeah. I, I got to run now. Exactly. I'm gonna run. Yeah. Uh, hilarious. It is, yeah. it is one of those, I agree with you. I love this song. Yeah. There's so much going on. It's so good. And, yeah. and, and in fact, it opens with Jason talking about the fact what, like the girls he wants to bring to his bar mitzvah who aren't Jewish. Like, like there's so much fun bit of character piece going on. Like also the fact you have, um, what's her name? Um, not Cordelia, Charlotte, like giving her commentary about the umpires. You also have Trina and Meldon, or sorry, Mendel, uh, like trying to give him good encouraging advice, Mendel a little bit too into it. Um, like he's giving there's... him like a, a psychiatric speak. Remember Sandy yes. Koufax, you can do it if you want to do it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like there's so much in there. Oh, it's such a, it's such a great <laughs> piece of, um, uh, of musical theater. That that it's so fun. I mean, I love it, and that and, and that's why that was just that was my sticky song that I got to choose because I get one every I get one in a show. It is the best sticky song. Four yes. Tuesday in a Room bitching is also amazing. What a it way is. to open a show. It is like, it, it, I mean, it, yeah, it, yeah, it's a great song. I just I think baseball game is superior to four uh, four Jews in a Room bitching. It's 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 uh. 
just hint, just what I wanted at a little league game. My ex-husband's ex-lover. Isn't that what every mother dreams about having at a little league game? <laughs> I can only imagine, you know, going to a baseball game with the other co-parents in my life. Yes. Like showing up. Oh God, here come the lesbians. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, so um, good. It's okay. Nice. It's excellent. So now I get into the top three songs we either skip or would remove. I don't have Autumn, any. you don't, don't have, have any. So, I, so I have two more. Whole thing. Well, you kind of have to, to get the whole story. Yeah. Um, but uh, there are two other songs that I'm not a big fan of in the show. All right. The first one is The Chess Game. This has got to come to a stop. This has got to come to a stop. This has been a lousy but fabulous flop. Anyone understand? All I want's a kiss. Anyone understand? Don't start explaining. I'm sick of explaining. And this had better come to a stop. Where's it now? Where's it now? Where's it been? This had better come. This had better come to a This, 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 this. This had better come to a This had better come to a This had better come to an end. In Act One. Because I think this moment needs to be made clear. Like, it's a very messy moment in the show where, like, where the breakup comes out of nowhere where, where Marvin just suddenly shows up with Wizard's suitcase and, and basically throws him out, which I remember the first time watching it, I was confused. I was like, why all of a sudden are they breaking up? I've had, there's been nothing leading up to this moment to suggest that there was any type of problem in their relationship. Now, I, 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 there was missing character pieces uh, of explaining why this was happening, like uh, 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 why is Marvin suddenly ending the relationship? Like, I, I mean, I love the idea of it being a chess game between the two of them. That kind of is the catalyst for this moment because I, I, I like the idea of it a game of strategy where, like, um, Wizard talks about like I have to lose the game to Marvin to keep him happy and his ego happy and play dumb basically to him. But I think the scene itself is just, just a little too messy. I, I, I think there needs to be um, dramaturgical Marvin, reworking. I think Marvin is afraid that he's falling in love with him. Yeah, obviously that doesn't come across. But like that's great headcanon work, but that needs to be made clearer. There needs to be a moment either when he's grabbing the suitcase or something where we, we get a bit of a, where we get a small moment of explaining why is he doing what he's doing? Because it's never explained why they break up really. They just break up and then the next moment is the slap, basically. It's because he can't deal with his what's going on inside. That, to that totally makes sense to me. I just think I just think they need to make that clear because the breakup just comes out of nowhere. And I and, maybe, and I it's I mean, needs to just tweak the direct the directing bit. Maybe. Okay. Fair. I don't know. It's like not, that I, 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 for me it's not something that like I don't dislike, but it's something I think dramaturgically needs some finagling maybe it needs some space beforehand like maybe it needs a little something beforehand yes some moments to lay in that like maybe a, something's not right a marvin soliloquy or something yes exactly yeah yeah something to clarify this one because it is a great moment and it's necessary it's just i think there needs to be some reworking of it and the other my other one is 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 a day in falsetto land in act in act two Play it raw, don't play pretty. Sex and games in New York City have gotta be played with flair and passion and passion and flair. Do you know? 
I mean, I don't get me wrong. I, I mean, for me, I just go, this is, this is a lot of exposition. It goes on for a little bit too long. The song kind of drags on a bit. And I think Lapine did it better when he, when, he, when he did So Happy and Into the Woods. I'm going to be a perfect I'm going to be a perfect mother. I'm going to see that she's so happy. I never thought I'd love my life. I would have settled for another. opens act two where all the characters are have or have that moment of reflecting on their lives right where they are and where they're at and i think and i think this is and this is a very similar moment where we're kind of just popping into seeing what everybody's up to and thinking after the baseball game um but it just goes on for a while and and i remember and i remember going how is the song still going like there's like like we like we see uh, Mendel doing doing his therapy. We uh, uh, we see Trina doing her workouts and and, and and coming to terms with Wizardry back in Marvin's life. We see a little bit more of Cordelia and Charlotte together. Like and and then and then and then we have the racquetball game where we see Marvin and Wizard together. Like there's so much going on, and it's like one scene after another scene. It it just it just goes and goes and goes, and and, and we know where we're heading in Act Two. With the with the with the with the, with the AIDS storyline, but so far in Act Two, we've had talk about the bar mitzvah, we've had a baseball game, and now we have this, and then we finally get to the AIDS storyline. But it's like we got to move this along a little bit faster here because right now you're kind of meandering through these episodic moments, but we're not getting a plot yet. So for me, I just go if you shorten it up a little bit, I think it'd be a much better song. I don't know. I like it. I That's like fair. That's well, fair. I just. I kind of like that it's just a day in the life kind of thing. Like you get Dr. Charlotte, here I am saving lives and loving you. And, you know, and the fact that he died today. Yeah. <laughs> and Mendel's going on in a, you know, kind of anxious yes. way about not being in the 60s anymore. Yeah. And is like freaking out over Marvin and Wizard and they're playing racquetball and yeah. It's a day. I think I, I I think I think I think there could be a better way to do it where there's a little bit more overlap, so it's not so much individual scenes Maybe. taking place. I I, I I I think that's what it is. Like I, I think there I think I think it's because it's all one after another. It's very linear in that way where where it's yeah. like it feels like it goes okay. on and on. Where like where like I, th- I think you could yeah. do like okay. kind of like what so happy does smartly where it's uh, Jack Cinderella and the baker and his wife. All, all overlapping with each other. Where, like, if you actually listen to somebody in particular, you'll hear what exactly they're saying about their lives. But you're getting that bigger picture of the day in the life of these characters. Yeah. Okay. And that's why I like so happy a little bit more than a day in a falsetto land because they're both doing the same thing. But I think I think so happy does it a little bit smarter. Yeah. Maybe if they they have like interjections throughout. Correct. Correct. But yeah. Yeah. Condensing and summarizing a little bit more. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. But that's it for me for for my three songs, awesome. because my last one was "What More Can I Say," and we've already debated that moment. Whatever. <laughs> but I. But yeah, I think now we're into the final question of the show, Autumn. Does this musical still have a place today? Should it be revived? Yes. Yeah. Thousand percent. Yeah. 
it's a it's a, a piece of our history and mm -hmm. it, it's you know it's more than that it brings it into the present because it's about family it's love mm -hmm. there's humor we've talked about all of these things it is yeah. a very well crafted musical and yes um you don't need a lot of money to produce it which is cool. no nope. it's a small cast small cast um with great acting like you have to be a good actor to pull this off yes right? <clears throat> i'm all for musicals like that mm -hmm. very different yeah. uh, from the other musical uh that is about mm -hmm. the subject yes very true like it's interesting because usually what i say to people is <clears throat> as actors our job um is to invite people into our our worlds Mm -hmm. And I think falsettos does that, whereas rent shows. It's mm. showing and look at us, we're edgy and yeah. all about showing AIDS as a crisis rather than mm -hmm. inviting people into something very personal. Yes. I prefer the inv invitation. As do I. No. No. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, this musical is just revived on Broadway, it was just on tour that closed last year. Mm -hmm. um, I, think I think this musical has a great message about acceptance and complications we are facing today as we are now more than ever exploring what is our sexualities in society. Like, I, like we're seeing, like this, is, this has become such a bigger topic than it was when it, when it first came out. Like we're seeing so much more of that exploration being done. And I think this is a great musical to explore that and the relationships that happen within a family as you explore that. And it's also just a great ally piece for the LGBTQ plus community. Because yeah. it shows the, 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 the uh, I, I, Trina, I, I, Trina is the great concept of an ally where she is someone who starts in one place, maybe a little bit more hesitant and resentful of, of, of Marvin and Wizard, but by the end, she has totally accepted them and is totally part of them and their family. Well, what, um, is, what is great about Trina is that at some point she gives up thinking that it's about her. Yes. When people come out in a straight relationship and mm -hmm. seek, seek their true, true self, mm -hmm. it's not about the other person. Yeah. It was about trying to conform to some societal norm. Mm -hmm. um, and it's never about the other person. So if the yeah. other person internalizes it, well, that's their journey and that's their mistake, right? Mm -hmm. I understand mm -hmm. that part of the grieving journey, but at some point you have to realize that it's not about you. Yep. It's, it's really not about you. Yeah. And, you know, I, <laughs> I was married to a straight woman for 23 years. I can say with mm -hmm. confidence, her now being married to a man, it's not about me. Yeah it's not about me. And, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's, it's, and I love that about Trina and, and her, mm -hmm. her accepting the fact that it's not about her and she found someone that makes her truly happy and yes. is better for her. It's yes. better for both of them. The turn yeah. of events for them is way better for both of them. Exactly. And why would you want to be with someone that is living a lie? Yep. The worst. Don't do Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Don't do it. Embrace yeah. it. Say, yes, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Move on. But Move on. 
yeah, it's like this musical is really important because, mm -hmm. you know, as, as far as we have come mm -hmm. um, towards obtaining LGBTQ plus rights, mm -hmm. um, we're, we're definitely, we're not there yet. No, it's there's still, the same, no, yeah, it's there's the still much more work to go. Rights for women, rights mm -hmm. for uh, people who are not cisgendered white men. Mm -hmm. Like, we have a lot of work to do. Um, yeah. We, we, we just have work. We have work. But I, be, I believe in us. Did And I will say, like, my final note on this edit is another reason why I think this is a great piece that should be revived and, and done. Because it's such a unique piece of theater where, where once again, it's, it's that two separate acts with only thematicness connecting them. Where, like, act one is very much like company, where it's a much more abstract way of telling a story, where it's scene-based, it's not plot-based, you're kind of just going through these, this muddled moment in this family's life. And then act two is much more linear, like into the woods where it's, yeah. we've got this one problem and we got to face it and we got to deal with it. There's giants. Exactly. There's a giant exactly. problem in this musical too. Bingo. Hey, bingo. And that's exactly it. So yeah, I think this is a wonder pe wonderful piece of musical theater. That autumn, thank you for making me revisit because Amen. it is one that has now jumped back up on my list of, oh, okay, this, this, this is one I definitely got to keep an eye on. I will bring this piece to anyone. I, I really love this piece. And I think- It's a great know, conversation starter. It is, but you know, what's, what's great about it, there's so many great things about it, but you mm -hmm. pass diversely yes and you know and it, it works, it, and it, it, works. It, it, it doesn't feel shoehorned and it's not yeah like this is a genuine piece of theater main mm -hmm. and yeah so many people don't know it yeah go out people stop listening to rent and go listen to falsettos oh, okay, but yes everybody that is it for this episode thank you so <laughs> so much for listening oh, we've had a great time with this episode thank you once again to our composer mr brody weld for his fantastic theme music he composed for us uh he currently has a number of new singles out including home decor and say la vie so be sure to listen to those uh on spotify apple music bandcamp where he is donating all proceeds that you do on bandcamp to Black Lives Matter. Yeah. So, yeah, it's fantastic. That's great. Um, so, uh, be sure to give him some love. Uh, we can't wait to have you come back for the next show. Yeah. Be sure to give it a, be sure to start, start your guessing on the social media pages, which yeah. you can find at Before the Downbeat on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where each week we are there posting a fun fact or a clue. Uh, you also can check us out on Patreon at Before the Downbeat, where you can donate a little bit of money once a month, and in return, we'll give you some extra juicy content, including top 10 lists, deleted scenes, uh, theater news reviews, uh, um, movie musical commentaries, where, where, where we can make Autumn watch some really bad movie musicals like Les Miserables. But there we go, everybody. Be sure to check us out. Autumn, where can people find you? Autumn, DM Smith, Facebook, Instagram, or... The company name, Littlewood Smith. Happy Pride, everyone. We're a bit Happy late. Happy Pride. We're a bit late. Um, go go uh, support a local LGBTQ mm -hmm. 
Share the love. Share the love. Share find, the love. Find a petition. Yeah. Find a protest. Yeah. Do all those things. Exactly. Love it. Um, and you can find me at all social media platforms at Mackenzie Horner. Uh, just look for the guy with the ginger hair. Also, check me out on Cup of Hemlock Theater because as as the, as, as I am now the marketing manager, and I also are I've just concluded doing a weekly Shakespeare discussion panel where we've been going through each week watching the Shakespeare lives, uh, which Autumn joined for our R and J episode. So be sure to check all that good stuff out on YouTube at Cup of Hemlock. There's lots of good material there. We do uh, polished live readings, including one for uh, Ibsen's Ghosts. Um, and, then, and then we also do theater roundtables, theater interviews with artists, including Aaron Jan, uh, and, uh, also, and also Dandelion Theater. So be sure to check all that good co co uh, content out. Uh, and until next time, everybody, we will see you later. Thank you so much for tuning in for this little ditty uh, and we will see you very, very soon. March, march, march of the falsettos. March, 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 march of the falsettos. March of the falsettos. Who is man enough to march to? March of the falsettos. Hi, one foot following the other. Practice it on one another. March. March, march of the falsettos, falsettos.